The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Interesting people, relatable stories, relevant, topical. This is 630 Chad Afternoons with Jaylen Nye. It has to be about public safety. So we want to get the sets of data. We want to be able to analyze it and make an informed decision. Everything's on the table. I think we're going to go where the evidence leads us. All right, welcome back to our 770 CHQR audience and a good afternoon to our 630 Chad Edmonton audience. That was uh, two pretty important uh, provincial cabinet ministers there, Justice Minister Doug Schweitzer and Transportation Minister Rick McIver, uh, the latter of whom we are going to speak with in about an hour from now. But they're talking about the future, and we'll talk more about the future of photo radar. Uh, The UCP government, it, it seems clear, has a different kind of view when it comes to photo radar. And it seems, I think, quite likely uh, that we are going to see a scaling back of photo radar in Alberta. What the government has announced today is that there is going to be a temporary freeze on new photo radar devices. So beginning on December 1st, just a few days from now, municipalities and police will not be able to install new or upgraded photo radar devices or deploy existing equipment to new locations. So at this point, as you heard in those clips there, the ministers involved say they are going to see where the evidence leads them. But I think the fact that they are putting this freeze in place in the first place uh, suggests that there's, there's a certain perception here about photo radar or how photo radar is being used. So the province says they are going to consult with municipalities. They're going to work to refine some of these rules for photo radar site selection, operational restrictions, and data collection. An independent study done in 2018, by the way, found that uh, the data on photo radar is limited and is inconsistent. So we don't really have a clear picture when it comes to that. And I think there's a lot of value in getting a clear picture, isn't there? I think people understand if photo radar is a tool that's being used to improve road safety. We all have a vested interest in safer roads, and I think people can accept it at some level. But if it's simply being used as a cash cow, that if revenue is the priority, not safety, then that's where I think you you get a lot of public opposition to photo radar. Because if it's not about safety, uh, then maybe it shouldn't be a tool. Right. That the, the job of police is not to generate revenue. The job of police uh, is to keep us safe. So already there's some nervous reaction in some communities. Edmonton Mayor Don Iveson today uh, saying even from this freeze, the city could lose uh, anywhere between five and ten million dollars. And I don't think there was expansion of the of the portfolio contemplated right now anyway. So, uh, you know, if it's business as usual for us, the only issue is that we're uh, we're down several million dollars a year uh, in the province, increasing the, its Ticketmaster share of the fines that we issue and they collect for us. Meanwhile, in Calgary, the city's police chief uh, is worried about the cumulative impact uh, of a lot of the decisions the province has made. Now, you might recall in the provincial budget, the Alberta government decided it was going to take a bigger chunk of the fine revenue that's already collected. So they don't seem to mind that revenue, I I guess you could say. Uh, And scaling back on photo radar could mean a further cut for police forces. Calgary's police chief, Mark Neufeld, uh, says they just can't absorb all of these cuts without having it impact services. We're facing a lot of challenges in the city right now, and so that's a tough time to take a cut on top of all the things we've been doing to become more and more efficient in the cuts that have happened previously. So um, we're at a place where there's just no way to um, absorb a cut without impacting service to citizens. 
So, I, and look, if, if we're prepared to say it's a cash cow, stop using it, then that cash that the cow generates isn't going to be there. So are we okay with that, right? And, and I think it's something we need to consider. Even if the Alberta government's going to come back and say, you know what, we looked into it. Yeah, we've confirmed this is a big cash cow. So we're going to stop using it. Because a lot of people look at it a different way, right? It's, it's a tax on stupidity. That if you're going to speed, better we get money from the speeders than to have to go back and raise everybody's taxes. So that is a concern, I think. If the Alberta government comes back and says, photo radar is a cash cow, we're going to phase it out, or we're severely going to limit it, a lot of motorists might celebrate. But then if municipalities got to come back and, and raise taxes to make up that revenue, is it still a cause for celebration? Uh, by the way, Transportation Rick McIver points out that Alberta has three times as many photo radar units per capita as BC, but our roads are not much safer, which implies that maybe they're a little bit safer, but I guess not three times as safe. Uh, and it was 1988, by the way, that the first photo radar units were uh, introduced in Alberta. It's up to each municipality whether to use them. 27 currently do. By extension, obviously, then the rest do not. So we will speak with Transportation Minister Rick McIver, as mentioned, coming up uh, just after 3 o'clock. But uh, I want to have plenty of time today for you to react to all of this. Uh, and, and is there a little pandering going on here? Is this some kind of populist politics that people like to grumble about photo radar? It's, it's kind of low-hanging fruit, I guess, for politicians to, to jump on board and say, yeah, we don't like it either. We're going to do something about this. I mean, should this be a priority right now? Maybe we can put the question that way. Uh, let's take some calls right here. 1-800-563-7770 is the number. 1-800-563-7770. And we will say good afternoon to Richard. Richard, welcome to the program. Uh, good, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Well, definitely a cash grab. And, like, I'm calling North of Edmonton here, calling Lake. So, anyhow, I drive in Edmonton and... Um, a couple of weeks ago, I went to pay a photo radar ticket, and you used to be able to bleed it down a bit, reduce. And this is a couple of days after the budget was handed out. No more. They cut it out. It is what it is. You can't uh, negotiate it lower. Now, uh, there's there's just so many instances or um, examples of zones being set up to get us, like, for instance, there's a Skona Hill. It's in it's in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. No reason it should be 50 kilometers an hour, but it's but it is. It should be 60. So it's another one in Saint Albert, and I won't take much more of your time. Monday to Friday, it has a countdown timer at the major intersection at the bottom of the hill, and when it counts to zero, the hand flashes for another five six seconds. Mm -hmm. Not on the weekend. When that thing counts down after late Friday afternoon, boom, it starts turning red. Now, they set you up for five days to think, oh, I got another five, six seconds. Weekends, nope. And what's waiting for you? Well, I got to step on it. Both uh, speed and red light cameras. I mean, these lights, they phase them to keep us, you know, I, I hate to say it, but maybe I'm a little paranoid, but it's just, it keeps, make, it causes more impatience. Mm hmm. The way these lights are phased, and it's a setup. It, they're setting us up to speed or to run yellow red lights. Uh, it needs to be uh, phased out totally. All right. Yeah, Richard, yeah. there you go. Appreciate the phone call. And yeah, he mentioned St. Albert. Is there a community in Alberta that loves photo radar more than St. Albert? Uh, that is probably, I, I think, the photo radar capital of Alberta. 
Uh, text here says, Rob, all oh, the clips you just played were focused on losing revenue. None were focused on safety. That should prove it's a cash cow. Maybe it does at some level. I mean, it's theoretically possible that it could be both, that it's kind of the best of both worlds. It makes the road safer and it generates money. But I think at some point, those, those arguments collide here. They, they, they come into conflict at some point because if there's revenue, it means people are speeding. So if people are speeding, then how are the roads safer? So at some point, if your argument is it's making the roads safer, then the revenue is not going to be there because people then aren't going to speed and there won't be tickets to be paid. There won't be any cash coming from the cash cow. So that that's the problem with that argument, though. I think there's no doubt that, yeah, people are speeding. It is generating fines. Those fines generate revenue. And cities, police forces have come to rely on that revenue. Anyway, let's see what um, Chris has to say. Chris, go ahead. Good afternoon. Hey, Chris. Um, I guess my comment is, is that I would much rather be pulled over by a uniformed police officer than getting a photo of my car in the mail any day. And my rationale behind that is that, in all honesty, if I am, quote, unquote, breaking the law, and it is a matter of public safety, that corrective action needs to be installed immediately. So if it takes three weeks from the time that I, you know, I'm doing five kilometers over till I get that ticket, if it's honestly a matter of safety, for the next three weeks, I'm again not going to institute any changes in my driving behavior because I haven't got that ticket. So... I guess the question falls down is if it's a matter of true safety and we let it go for three weeks before I get the ticket, if I was to kill somebody, wouldn't it have been better if I would have been pulled over and actually, you know, been reprimanded in person and taken my ticket? I guess the second part of my question that I have, too, is that the city of Edmonton itself said, hey, look, people are starting to slow down, you know, and again, well, I'm not saying that's a result of photo radar. I'm not saying that's a result of personal enforcement. But then the city of Edmonton decided instead of having it where you're going to get ticketed for doing, say, eight over the speed limit, all of a sudden we've got it where in certain areas we're getting ticketed now using automated enforcement, say, doing three over or four over the limit. Um, So, again, that's where the concern really tips the scale to that cash cow. You know, if you're doing 30 versus 33 kilometers an hour, I'd like somebody to give me the safety information about just how much more dangerous it is to be doing three kilometers an hour faster than that posted limit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, good point, Chris. Appreciate the call. I I wonder, too, right, I mean, if there would be less cynicism around photo radar, if at the same time we were also reviewing speed limits. We had a previous caller talk about uh, certain roads where the speed limit just doesn't make sense. Uh, so if, if governments came back and said, okay, you know what, we reviewed speed limits and some are too low, as it turns out. So we're going to keep photo radar, but we're going to have more sensible speed limits on certain roads. Would, would people accept that as a trade-off? Anyway, let's see what uh, Daryl has to say. Daryl, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. I actually... Uh... I like photo radar a lot more than I like uh, armed officers coming to my my window to give me essentially an administrative ticket. Because uh-huh. it, it doesn't affect me for the rest of the year. Like if I get too many demerits, that'll affect the rest of my monthly budget. Like my insurance could go up, my insurance carrier could drop me, the options that I have on insurance could, uh, you know, could change. So photo radar is essentially a tax. It's a driving faster than everybody else tax. It's like having... Uh, like in Texas, like a toll road, where if I want to get downtown San Antonio faster than everybody else, I just pay the tax and I drive faster than everybody else on a road that's clear. 
and I spend more time on the road than almost everybody that I know. I'm a better driver than they are. I have more experience. I've been doing it longer. There's absolutely no reason that I can't safely operate my vehicle at 10 kilometers faster than an 80-year-old woman that can't, or my grandfather for that matter, who can't see past the, the front end of his car. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm fully capable of dealing with 120 versus 110. And if I feel like I want to spend $300 today making sure that I get to wherever it is I'm going because I deemed it necessary to get there, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's on me. I didn't, I didn't cause any deaths or, or increase the, the risk factor to other drivers at all. That, that entire scenario, like we're one of the only jurisdictions, include, and I think BC as well, there was a documentary about it, the method of choosing uh, our given speed zones is completely different than almost everywhere in Europe. And pretending that somehow, like, 10 or 20 kilometers an hour is like this life-or-death matter, speed kills, it's terrible. Yeah, someone going 250 is dangerous, but that's not what I'm doing. So I actually don't mind. Like, if they just call it a cash grab and they're like, look, this is going to be a tax on people who want to drive fast, I'm like, sweet. Sometimes I want to drive fast, I'll pay the tax. Well, but yeah, I, I get where you come from, Daryl. Appreciate the call. The problem with that argument, though, is that it sends a message that it's okay to drive fast. And that it's it's not a threat to anybody else. If driving fast is not a threat to anybody else, then speeding shouldn't be a fine in the first place. But I think there's a reason why we have speed limits. Uh, so the idea that, that speed limits are meaningless and we can just go however fast we're comfortable going, I, I don't know. That's not a path I want to go down. Uh, the transportation minister is listening, but he's going to join us after three o'clock. But obviously, Albertans have a lot to say on photo radar. So let's hear from some more Albertans as we get back to the phones. Say hi to Craig. Craig, welcome to the program. All right. Well, let's try Chris. Chris, go ahead. Hey, Rob. Hey, Chris. Going? Real good. Um, you know, I care less if it's a cash cow or not. I don't speed. I haven't had a speeding ticket in almost three years. I can't afford it. My insurance goes up. Just plain and simple, can't afford it. I don't care that people speed by me. The one thing that gets me is playground zones and construction zones. The fines just aren't stiff enough. People are just completely oblivious to their surroundings, and um, that's when it becomes more of a danger to me. Yeah. But, you know, speeding's a choice. If you choose to speed, then accept your fate, pay the fine. It is what it is. Well, you're not wrong, Chris. You're not wrong. Appreciate the phone call. I mean, you know, we can grumble about the speed limit. Say, why is this road 50? It should be, uh, you know, 60 or 70. Okay. I mean, yeah. And, and maybe that's a legitimate point, but we know that it's 50. And even if it feels like we're going too slow on that road, I mean, that's that's what we're told we're supposed to do. And we know what might happen if we don't. So that is true. Uh, you know, and, and his point about school zones and construction zones, yeah, clearly we, we need to have the focus uh, on the areas where people are most vulnerable. That's why speed limits double in construction zones. Now, I know there's some issues in some communities where there's confusion between school zones and playground zones. And uh, some communities have, have taken the step of kind of consolidating that. So at least there's consistency. But I think that's still an issue in, in some communities. Uh, let's see what 
uh, Ray has to say. Ray, welcome to the program. Hey, Rob. As you know, I'm a professional driver, and speeding tickets handed to me by an officer adversely affect my rating even with my company. So I have to maintain my bum on those, but they are attacks on the stupid, and I've been stupid more than once. <laughs> Um, but the speed limits that people are grumbling about, they're, uh, they're, uh, wake up people. Do you really want a 80,000-pound uh, truck barreling down behind you at uh, 130, 140? Come on, give your head the shake. Yeah, good point. We, uh, we, take, uh, we take so much longer to stop. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the phone call. I think that's an important point. Uh, this is Clark. Clark, go ahead. Hi, Rob. Hey. I had proposed a few years back that we put a photo radar array on overpasses uh, to track and monitor and ticket. However, I don't know, the law and the rest and courts would just tie that up for years. Uh, I would suggest, however, <clears throat> that the lists of license plates that are tagged for photo radar and verified be sent over to the insurance companies or made available to them. And then the insurance companies can judge, you know, the fitness of a driver and those that they insure. Because it comes down to a case of if it, they're not going to listen on the highway, then maybe they'll listen when it comes to an increase in their uh, insurance rates. Well, yeah, and I think that's been a long debate. Uh, Clark, appreciate the phone call. I mean, the challenge with photo radar is being able to prove who was driving the vehicle. But uh, clearly, demerits are, are a deterrence. I, I don't know if you can, can incorporate that. Uh, Calgary's police chief, Mark Newfeld says the evidence that they've gathered shows that photo radar works. There were some issues uh, in the past about the way it's been used in some locations, and I think the province wants to address that, which I think makes sense. But here in Calgary, I think we have a strong uh, evidence-based program, and I think it's, uh, it's very much been used to support traffic safety in Calgary. So he says that if it leads to fewer collisions, then hopefully the province won't eliminate its use altogether. I'm hopeful that that doesn't happen because there's a lot of there's a lot of good and valid reasons why that type of enforcement at certain locations is the only type of enforcement you can do at high collision intersections. So I can't imagine it going the way of the dodo bird totally. It also says that it makes the enforcement. Uh, a lot safer for officers. In those um, intersections, some of the busy intersections in uh, Calgary, it's very difficult to get yourself in a position where you can see somebody run a red light, get through traffic and intercept uh, them. We don't want officers out on foot, obviously, in those locations because it's not safe to do that. So in those types of uh, busy intersections, automated enforcement makes a ton of sense. I think there is something to that. I mean, you know, the idea of having a police officer actually pulling somebody over... You know, that, that stops the speeding, right, as someone uh, pointed out earlier. But when you got a road that's two or three lanes each way, that's 60 or 70 or 80 speed limit, uh, to have an, an officer standing there with uh, a radar gun and then walking into traffic, pulling over vehicles, if you got to walk across a lane or two of traffic to, to get a vehicle to pull over, you know, that creates a, a hazard for the officer. So they're arguing that, that there's a safety component. Uh, Galway's police chief says they don't use photo radar as a cash cow. There's a bunch of places where uh, photo enforcement makes a ton of sense um, because of safety issues around uh, busy intersections or high collision locations. And so we know that the evidence says that photo enforcement does work. Now, meanwhile, Edmonton Mayor Don Iveson 
uh, making similar arguments here, uh, saying that, that photo radar is about safety. And in fact, the money collected is used for safety. Things like the installation of crosswalks. Uh, if the toolkit changes, we'll adapt accordingly. And, and we'll, if we have to scale back uh, traffic safety, that would be a real shame. He says Edmonton's focus with photo radar is all about safety. It's in the hands of the province. We complied with the last um, uh, the last uh, sort of uh, review that they did, and we came out uh, with, with no issues because uh, we're the most transparent as it is around the program. Okay, so there you go. The reaction from both Calgary and Edmonton, pretty similar. Uh, some concern about the impact of this, but also acknowledging that, look, yeah, the, uh, the Alberta government gets to call the shots on this. Uh, 1-800-563-7770 is our number. Now, we're going to talk to uh, Rick McIver coming up after 3 o'clock, find out a bit more about where they're going on this. But an opportunity to talk to you as well, and we'll say good afternoon to Mark. Mark, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you bet. Hey, uh, I just wanted to, to weigh in on a couple issues. Number one, about the photo radar. Um, and number two, about a couple of the statements a couple of previous callers have made. So I'm 47 years old. Uh, I've been driving since I was 16. I have never had a speeding ticket. Like, not even one. Is that right? Yeah, not even one. Uh, now, with that being said, I've driven across... North America multiple times as a professional driver. Now, to go into what one of your callers has said uh, previous back, I don't know, two or three calls ago about how if he wants to do 120 or 130, he should be allowed to do 120 or 130 because he's a good enough driver to do it. That's the kind of driver that gets into an accident, and it may not be his fault. It might be the person that's actually doing the speed limit's fault, but that's the reason you know they're driving too fast the rest of the traffic's not driving that fast you know there's the there's the point right. now when it comes to photo radar revenues this is what i think I, everybody's always saying that it's a it's a cash cow it's a cash cow you know whether it's a red light camera whether it's a photo radar camera fact of the matter is is that if you're speeding you should have to pay the fine i think that the what the province should do is they should completely get out of taking any part of that and 100 percent of the revenue generated from those cameras should go to our first responders in, in the go so to the midway way well to fire ambulance and police service right? like so, to boost their pay or give them bonuses no, what do you mean to, to run their operation oh like equipment not okay I see. yeah not necessarily to boost their pay not to give them pay raises uh maybe put more uh, boots on the ground, for one, uh, create more job opportunities for first responders, because I know that, like, we all know that there's a shortage of first responders in our province. Uh, number two, you know, the equipment constantly, like, you look at, like, uh, uh, somebody like STARS that is constantly having to raise money to keep their operations a go. If that money was dedicated directly to first responders and to operations like STARS, like, uh, city police like fire ambulance you know maybe we wouldn't have to always be worrying about what you know where these budget cuts are coming from well, that's an interesting okay. point anyway that's yep. just my two sets thanks Mark, for taking my thanks call for it. appreciate it uh let's move along here we got denver on the line denver go ahead oh hey how you doing real good straight on uh yeah i got a couple of issues with the uh with the photo radar uh, you know, it's kind of funny when you look in China. They got two million cameras, 
and all the people are getting uh, facial recognition, and and they're all they're all being you know sort of chased down for for every little detail that they do in their lives, and that I really find it. Uh, a little bit reprehensible that everybody else thinks that it's okay that we should be controlled, that we should be, I mean, there is a, there is a reasonable limit. I agree with a reasonable limit. But every time you go through a camera, like most drivers, I think, are trying to protect their record. They're trying not to get, you know, insurance. But we're not machines. We're not robots. Like, like you know, why, why don't they have signs uh, like, like they have on the crosswalk where there's a countdown. It goes from 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, whatever. Why don't they have that in the center of the camera and, and, and also maybe a, a posted limit right, right there, like like in color? I mean, they have the technology to put lights there. Why not lights about what the speed limit is there and some warnings and, and a little bit better visibility for the drivers if they're going to sit there and, 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 and nail us every step of the way? And then, and then if there's no insurance involved, it's got to be a cash cow, I think. And one other thing I think is you've got – uh, the, the multi-nova cameras, the guys sitting on the side of the highway where everybody's doing 100, 110, whatever it is, and, and the guy's a sitting duck with his blinkers on, maybe. So, I mean, how's that any, any safety involved there? Okay, right. Denver. Yeah, all right. Appreciate the call. A couple points, obviously. We, we don't have photo radar on, on highways in Alberta, for one. Uh, for two, I mean, look, I, I don't buy that most tickets... Uh, are out of ignorance. I, I think there are probably some examples where people generally are confused about the speed limit and get a ticket. I, I would say for the most part, people know full well that they're speeding. I, I don't think that's the problem. More signs that tell you what the speed limit is, I, I don't think is really going to make much of a difference, to be honest. Uh, so ultimately, we have to be accountable as drivers. right? I, that's what it comes down to. Now, whether this is the right way to enforce those speed limits, so, you know, we can have that, that debate. But uh, the idea that, that we're all kind of innocent victims here, now, I'm, I'm not sure I buy that. Look, I've, I've had speeding tickets over the years. It's frustrating as hell. But, um, you know, ultimately, it's, that's on me. Uh, this is Mike. Mike, go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Real good. Good, good. I think the biggest thing a lot of people aren't talking about is what happens when you get a ticket like that, you take away people's disposable income. And so that, you know, you, you, so the cities and stuff and these places are, I mean, they love it because it is a cash cow. I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. It is a cash cow. I mean, going 10 kilometers an hour more in a 50 zone than 60s is uh, somehow more so, so dangerous. I mean, if you're going to have cameras, it should be like anything 25 and over. Like, I mean, that somebody's really entitled to guess because then now he's speeding knowingly okay. speeding. Okay, so, but the other question here is, see, what happens is, like, if I get a ticket for thinking I'm doing 60 in a 50 zone, not knowing I'm going 61, and all of a sudden I get a ticket in the mail, that's $110, whatever it is. That's less money I have to go and spend on, you know, restaurants or be at uh, some small business or anything like that, right? You, you know, you get a couple of those uh, a month, you know, you're over 300 bucks, right? So I think this is, the, I think the government is looking at it more than that way. And uh, my personal opinion, I think. So I think it's more of a disposable income thing from, uh, uh, you know, put money back into the the pockets of Albertans, let them uh, disperse their money. We pay enough tax, is my personal opinion, so... Okay, Mike, fair enough. Appreciate the call. I mean, we could just lower taxes then. I mean, that might be one way of addressing that. But sure, yeah, I mean, if you, you have to spend money on a photo radar ticket, that's less money you have available to spend on something else. I mean, the question, though, is, well, whose fault is it? 
Is it the government's fault for issuing you the ticket? Or is it your fault for exceeding the posted limit and getting the speeding ticket? I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. Now, you know, Mike raises a point about what that threshold ought to be. And I know that's been an issue with uh, the enforcement in Edmonton after it was taken out of the hands of police uh, and taken uh, administratively. Uh, that, that that was one of the reasons why there were far more tickets as a result, because the threshold was lowered. Uh, and if you ever get a, a speeding ticket and you go into court, you know, if if it's a really low threshold, if you're accused of, you know, Going 55 and 54, as a famous song once said, uh, a judge would probably laugh at that and, and toss out the ticket. So, I, yeah, I, I do think there's a valid point to be made about where you set the threshold for those those tickets being issued. I think that's a fair point. Uh, let's see. This is Keith. Keith, go ahead. Hey, Rob. Um, I uh, had a ticket uh, issued on, on my trailer. Uh, on the back of my truck a while back and it was in my the trailer's in my wife's name anyway so she let me know that i got this photo radar ticket so the thing is if if it's about safety i didn't even know i got it i don't know where i got it don't remember really and uh so i just continued doing whatever speed i was doing down the road pulling my trailer right so what was what was so safe about giving me that ticket (laughs) well i know that's that's the knock right because if the the behavior is unsafe and you're just taking a picture of it the behavior continues that's that's problematic i guess the the response is well next time now you got the ticket that next time now it's it's a deterrent it's kind of an after the fact deterrent i guess but yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it didn't stop you from, from speeding, not at the moment. Uh, well, no, it didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. And and also, I'm one of these guys that, uh, on the deer foot, I, I watch for them where they're sitting. You see them on the side of the road, right? Mm-hmm. And you're used to seeing them there. So I'm going with the traffic. If the traffic's doing a buck 20, I'm doing a buck 20. Everybody sees the photo radar guy. We all slow down, we go by, and then we all speed up again. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, what good is it doing? <laughs> Yeah, it's really strange when you have those visible ones and people slow down, and they slow down a lot, like well below the limit. Yeah. It's a real strange reaction, and it's kind of like that's almost causing more of a problem. you got all these people slamming on their brakes because well, they see the trucks in yeah, there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It is weird. Yeah, I agree with you. Appreciate the phone call. All right. Uh, 1-800-563-7770 is the number here this afternoon. Rob Breckenridge with you. Back with more right after this. <laughs> Breaking Ridge with you here this afternoon. We are taking your phone calls, talking about photo radar. We're going to hear from Transportation Minister Rick McIver coming up after 3 o'clock. A little more explanation as to what the Alberta government is doing here. But in the meantime, let's uh, take some more calls. We have got uh, Mark on the line. Mark, go ahead. Hey, Rob. I'm calling from uh, Lethbridge. And okay. uh, what, what they like to do here with their photo radar is um, lots of hills in Lethbridge. Yes, there are. They, they, they love to sit at the bottom of those hills or midway. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're just speeding up, and then, oh, crap. I see the flash, right? I got yeah. it. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't want to. They'll even go out when it's icy and, and make you put your uh, foot on the brakes as you're going down a, an icy hill, right? Right, which is, yeah, is kind of tricky. I can understand yeah. why the government's doing this, because of, because of stupid things like this. Mm-hmm. You know, set up in school zones, I, I don't, I could care less. You know, I don't, uh, yeah. I do speed through school zones once in a while. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to admit that. I'll look down and crap. I'm doing 40 instead of 30, right? But that, that's where they need to be. Not, not on hills or hiding be, behind bus stops or 
If, if, it, if it's going to be about safety, then, you know, make yourself visible. Also, oh, one more thing. Can I bring yeah. up one more thing? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Um, I had one of the guys uh, a while back when uh, we were having the election come, come by my house, one of the conservative guys, and I said, hey, listen, why don't you make up some mega hats? And he goes, mega hats? I said, yeah, make Alberta great again. <laughs> and he said, oh, no, 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 we don't want to be associated with that. And I was thinking to myself, associated with what? What, what are you associating a mega hat with? He goes, oh, I don't want to get into it. I, I just don't want any, any trouble. And I, and I thought for a second, well, I don't understand what this guy's. I know, I, I know what he's getting at. You know, we don't want to look like a bunch of rednecks or racists. But uh, you see, that's that's what um, the media does when they uh, associate a, a, a mega hat with a with a party that they claim are a bunch of racists, right? So for me, I just thought, well, well, maybe I'll make a few bucks. I'll sell these online, right? I, I think people have already done that. Mark, appreciate the phone call. Let's uh, see what Steve has to say. Steve, go ahead. Yeah, hi there. Thanks for taking my call. So, yeah, um, I agree uh, that this is all about a cash grab, because if it wasn't, and if it was truly about bringing awareness to poor driving choices or whatever have you, then why don't you just simply assign a mandatory um, volunteer service, if you will, not even volunteer service, but, you know, um, maybe if I'm speeding 10, 20 above the um, uh, speed limit, uh, I'll get a two hours um, snow angel services at, a, at an elderly home or something, you know? Uh, there's other ways about it. Uh, uh, there's other ways that we can go about this than just collect money. You know, there's a lot of services that could could use some volunteer or or help or community service. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Why not exercise that? Clearly, it's just about cash grab, in my opinion. That's all I had to say. All right, appreciate the phone call. Uh, let's see who we got next here. This is Phil. Phil, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, the way I look at it, you can't convince me in any way, shape, or form that it's not a cash grab simply because if it was truly about safety, then the fine would be like 10000 bucks. Who would speed that, right? It seems to me that, that, you know, it's just about how much money can we milk from the people, you know, uh, as an inconvenience as opposed to causing them to stop and think about, about the safety of, of what it is that they're doing. Yeah, that's an interesting point, Phil. And I mean, it... <laughs> It, it gets left out of the conversation around photo radar, should we use it or not. But what's reasonable in terms of fines for speeding tickets? You want it to be a deterrent. You want it to still be reasonable. Right, $10,000 for a speeding ticket would seem pretty disproportionate. But if it's 20 or 30 bucks, are, are people really going to care? So what, what's, the, you know, what's the right amount? Obviously, it also depends on the infraction. But, uh, yeah, I think that's an interesting part of this conversation, too. All right, we've got uh, Lauren on the line here. Lauren, welcome to the program. Hi, I'm calling from uh, Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have to agree with the last caller about if it's about safety, why why hide it? Like, be visible. And, you know, this, it seems like a lot of the, the locations are in transition zones, like he says. You're coming up a hill, same thing. Like in outside of Devon, big trucks are coming up the out of the river valley, and you get to the top and it's 70. Well, they they build up speed to try and get up without, you know, having to gear down to to nothing. So, I, I agree. If it's about safety, then be way more visible. Number one, and number two, the municipalities are kind of their own worst enemies. Every year, the city of Edmonton, right when they have their 
year end, you see a headline that says that uh, the revenue from tickets is down. And they're complaining because what are we going to do about loss of revenue? Well, they should be happy because when it gets to zero, that means everybody's complying with the speed limit and they don't have to deter. But no, they always, you know, like they never mentioned that. It's always about the money. So either that, it's, it, it really rubs the guy the wrong way when you pay these, t- when you get these tickets and then you read that the revenue is still down and they're unhappy. Like, their goal should be zero revenue, means nobody's speeding, right? Yeah, that's no, that's that's a good point. Lauren, appreciate the phone call. Let's see what um, Rory has to say. Rory, good afternoon. Yeah, Rob, I got a uh, ticket in a school zone going at 617 at night, going 41 in a 30 zone, and I found out that the city council had met in secret to eliminate that in about 100 other intersections, effective at the end of the same month. So they send a wow. bunch of cop crews out to get the, as much revenue as they can, and then, so they found out five days later that they'd eliminated it. So I paid the fine, but I didn't, like I say, and I didn't know like, later on that they had eliminated it, and then I spent also $149 on the course to, um, uh, to uh, get the ticket the merits knocked it back down from three to zero so it wouldn't affect my insurance, right? Because you can take that defensive driving course. And then I didn't even get the demerits awarded to me. The demerits were never given to me because they were taking the zone out. So I got manually pulled over, but I got no demerits. Really? Yeah. So And, the, and they can't go back. They can't give you the demerits after three months and longer, so they can't go back at me and add the demerits on now. That's according to their own traffic act. But I just saw so what's $149 for the fine, $149 for the course. And technically, uh, it was 617 on a Sunday night. Who, who would it affect? There was no kids in the zone, and the school zone it was winter. So it's $298 they got out of pocket, and, I, and they were going to eliminate the zone anyway. So they completely ripped me off twice. Yeah, it sure sounds like it, Roy. Appreciate the phone call. The, yeah, that that seems kind of sketchy to me, right? The idea that we are, we're going to change the speed limit. So before we do, let's try to maximize what we can get from it. Maximize the haul. Um, yeah, that, that kind of thing, I think, really makes people cynical, doesn't it? For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.